you guys could turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2. Wow, we're flying through this. Uh, chapter 2, uh, we concluded the first section of 1 Peter dealing with the grace of God and salvation. And, and we looked at two things in that first section uh, with, number one, our salvation, and number two, uh, the results of our salvation because we're saved in Christ Jesus. And so the point was very simple. If we really believe in what our salvation really is and what Peter explains it to be, um, really there should be a byproduct in our life. There should be a result, uh, if you will, in four things. And we went over that. Number one, in a holiness in our life, in a healthy fear of God in our life. Uh, number three, a heart of love for others. And number four, there should be a harmony among other believers or with the believers. And if we really understand how glorious the salvation really is, uh, it will bring a unity in the body of Christ. And so we saw that on Sunday. And so this brings us to the second major division of the book. Um, and it begins in chapter 2, verse 11, and it goes all the way to chapter 3, verse 12. And then the last division is going to be chapter 3, verse 13, all the way to the end of the book. So uh, let's just read First Peter chapter 2, and it says in verse 13... Uh, actually, let's go in verse 11. Verse 11, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man, for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bond servants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. For this is commendable if, because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it if, when you are beaten for your faults, if you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you are called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on, on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you are like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Oh, amen. Thank you, Lord, for that passage. That's There's so much here. Uh, we're going to see three areas of uh, submission today in our text. Peter encourages us, uh, number one, uh, to submit to the Spirit. And that's in verses 11 and 12. And number two, uh, Peter encourages us to submit to authorities. And that's going to be in verses 13 to 17. 
And then number three, to submit to masters. And we're going to see that in verses 18 to 25. And uh, so nobody likes to hear about this, right? This is a great Christmas night, by the way, right? (laughs) Uh, We all have that natural tendency uh, to really be in opposition uh, to uh, either, you know, uh, in submitted, submitting either to the Spirit or to authorities or to even to our masters. And so that's what we're going to go over tonight. We live in a day uh, where we don't want to answer to anybody, right? We're like, you can't tell me what to do or you're not the boss of me, right? Get to hear that a lot. And, uh, and, and the, but the Bible teaches something totally different, doesn't it? Uh, we, we're to be in submission, number one, first of all, it involves the Spirit. It involves the Spirit, uh, to submit to the Spirit. And that's what verses 11 and 12 say. Um, so when you look back at verse 11, Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. And, and really, in verses 11 and 12, should I slow down? I feel like I'm going super fast. Am I going too fast? It's like my my heart rate's still going with the kids. I'm like, oh, I wanted them to keep going. And I'm like, oh, i got to slow down. Um, but yeah, it really involves two things that are outlined in our text that Peter outlines for us. Number one, it involves the war we are in. The war we are in. And that's in verse 11, in the, in the very beginning that we just read. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from the fleshly lust which war against the soul. And, and there is a war, uh, we're in as it pertains to the flesh and to the soul. Um, in fact, in 1 Thessalonians, um, it talks about, we're made up of three parts, right? Body, soul, and spirit. And according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there you go. And, and the body, of course, obviously speaks of the flesh, right? The soul speaks of our mind, our, our consciousness, right? Our um, ability to reason, our ability to think, right? And, and our... Um, Basically, that's our, that's our soul. The Spirit, speaking of the Holy Spirit, uh, before we were saved, though, before we were born again, um, we were operating under the spirit of, well, disobedience. According to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, um, it's pretty clear that we were under that spirit of disobedience, of the ruler of this age, right? Speaking of, of the Satan, basically. And we were operating, uh, not under the Holy Spirit, but under, I guess you can say, the spirit of disobedience. And so, prior to be born again, we were, we were body, soul, and spirit of disobedience, if you will. And so thus, there was a harmony. There wasn't a conflict. There wasn't a war going on. There was just a unity uh, going on there. Why? Because all three parts of, of you uh, basically had the same goal in mind. And, the, and we, you were all heading into the same direction, right? To 
the the lust of the flesh, right? And it could just it all craved the same thing. You had a good uh, relationship with your family, good relationship with everybody. Had good friends, everybody you met. It just seemed to be like this, right? It was just right on and perfect because there was no war with anything. Then all of a sudden, you became a Christian and everything just changed, right? When you became born again, you now have the Holy Spirit residing within your heart. Right, um, Romans eight eleven, Acts five thirty two, First Corinthians three sixteen, First uh, Corinthians chapter six verse nineteen. The, the Bible is just it goes on and on and on. Right, there's there, I could give you a whole bunch of scriptures, but it's obvious that the Holy Spirit comes into your life, He changes you, and and He does work with you. And we have the Holy Spirit in us now as being born again, and all of you guys who are born again. You guys all understand this. Those of you guys that are not born again, you guys are like, well, I still don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but the moment you were born again, what happened? All of a sudden, there's a war and there's a conflict. And what's the war for? What's the con? It's for your soul. And, and, uh, that's what it's for. The war has been, uh, it's for your flesh, for your, your heart, basically. And, and it's attacking your soul. So that's why it's important. Galatians 5, 16, um, which says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And, and when we're walking in the spirit, when we're living in the spirit, now all of a sudden we're not going to fulfill the lustful desires of the flesh. Uh, Galatians 5.17, uh, it says, For the flesh lust against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Very interesting. Um, so thus this battle begins, right? And and so the question, I guess, would be, so how do we overcome uh, really, this this battle, this campaign, if you get, uh, if you if you will, against our soul, and it involves simply living by the Spirit. It involves walking in the Spirit, right? Allowing the Holy Spirit in your life to rule and reign in your life, and and this this is. We're, we're kind of there. If you guys noticed our times that we're in, uh, in, in Revelation, it talks about during the tribulation time, they're going to be not only selling and trading uh, um, just material goods, but one of the little things in there that caught my eye of the list of, oh, sure, they're going to be buying and selling gold and silver and all that good stuff, right? But it says the souls of man that they're going to be buying and selling, and there's an ignorance going on in this world where people aren't going to care. They're going to be like, yeah, I'll sell my soul for that much money or for that car or for that house or for fame and popularity. And, and it's a scary thing. And so I would encourage you guys, um, beware, be aware of what scripture says. It's a scary thing. The enemy is attacking and only wanting your soul. Why? Because he's got it for eternity. You can have the all you want here in this world. You want it? Not only God blesses you, but Satan will be glad to bless you for your soul, right? It's going to require you of something, right? And so you got to figure out, do I really want to live in this temporal life 
and have all the things of this world. In fact, if you guys look at those who have all the things of this world, what are they saying to everybody on, on their interviews and in the, in the times that they have available is it's not worth it. Guys, I have everything. I got it all. I got the yacht. I got the boats. I got the whatever it is, right? The money. And, and really, it doesn't satisfy. That's all I hear when I hear these guys. It doesn't satisfy at all. And for the rest of us who don't have all that, we're, like, we're thinking, if only I had this. If only I had that. But once you tasted and seen that the Lord is good, Right? That he, his goodness led you to repentance, led you to salvation. And now he's what we ran, run after, right? We don't run after the things of this world anymore. We no longer operate in the flesh, in the lust of the flesh, right? And so, very interesting, or not, I don't know, right? Uh, but the second thing we want to look at in light of submitting to the Spirit, not only involves the war that we are in, but secondly, it also involves the conduct we have the conduct we have notice in verse 12 it says having your conduct honorable among the gentiles that when they speak against you as evildoers they may by your good works which they observe glorify god in the day of visitation and so this speaks of the external right the war is the in within the internal basically but see family when we cause unbelievers to we could cause them either to blasphemy god because of our conduct or we can cause them to glorify god because of our actions right and the things that we do you guys can read second samuel chapter 12 verse 14 on that uh, but or or we can we can cause them to glorify the Lord like we see right here in First Peter chapter two verse twelve, um, as well as Matthew five sixteen. You guys all know this, right? Jesus said, "Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven." And that does not mean that we're perfect, by the way, right? Just ask your spouse. <laughs> they'll let you, they'll be glad to let you know you're not perfect, right? You definitely fall short of the glory of God, right? Amen, right? But, so, uh, we're not perfect, right? But Peter is simply saying, hey, we need to be careful in our conduct, in our actions, and the, the, the things we do externally, right? So that, so that we don't cause unbelievers uh, to blasphemy God. And so how is that accomplished? It's by submitting really to the Spirit and, and by allowing the Holy Spirit in our lives to empower us to do His work. And so Jesus said, you guys all know this in Acts chapter 1, uh, verse 8, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, right, you shall receive power. That's that dynamite power, right? That explosive, like, power. You guys like sound effects? Sorry. Uh, but the Holy Spirit, he's going to enable you, right, us inwardly to conquer that battle that's happening within our lives. And, and, but he'll also enable us externally, um, to work on our conduct that it might be good before the, the eyes of the world, right, to those who are watching us. And so, Let's come to the second section involving submission. Submission. And, and Peter encourages us, first of all, to submit to the Spirit, right? We saw inwardly and outwardly. Uh, but now Peter encourages us to submit to authorities, right? If you guys want to get up and leave, I understand, right? This is not a good topic right here. Submit to the authorities, right? It's like, oh man, why did I go? But in verses 13 to 17, uh, Peter lists thir- uh, three 
entities here uh, in verses 13 to 14 as it pertains to you and I submitting to authorities. Uh, Number one, Peter talks about every ordinance of man. Notice there in verse 13, therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. And and that word, oh, did I put it up there? No, I didn't. Um, This word could be translated to institution. So we can say, you know, submitting to uh, really the government agencies as well. And, and Peter talks about, secondly, the king, the king. Notice there in verse 13, uh, he says, Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme. And we would say today, you know, submit to the president, right? Or he's the chief and commander of the United States. So we, he would fit the, the, the picture there. Number three, we, we also are to submit to governors. Uh, notice in verse 14, or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. So they are under the king as supreme, right? These guys are sent by him, according to verse 14. And uh, speaking of the king, right, the president, and, and this is the job of the ruling authorities over us, right? To, number one, to punish those who step out of line, basically. But secondly, their job is also to praise those who fall in line in that sense, right? They're, they're, that's what they're there for. And of course, we see obviously more of the punishment side, which is sad to say, right? I've never seen a police officer pull me over and be like, sir, uh, I just want to congratulate you for going the right speed. You've been doing a great job. Keep it up. There you go. Good job, right? We don't see that. It just doesn't happen. But biblically, it should be that way. Um, but understand that God has set up this authority above us, right? Over us. And we need to submit to it as long as it fits with scripture as well. And we'll get to that later. So some of you guys are on edge right now and you're like, how dare you tell me to submit to the government? Ah, well, hold on. Just calm down, right? I was doing the same thing when I was doing this study. I was like, ah, what are you talking about? (laughs) Right? I hear you. So we'll we'll get there. But turn with me to Romans chapter 13. Romans to your left, uh, chapter 13, submitting to authority. It's not It's not only here, uh, but also in Romans 13. Uh, And I understand this topic of submitting, you know, to authority is, uh, nobody wants to hear about it, right? Knowing that, you know, our government's corrupt and, and they do this and they do that with our taxes and I don't want to and blah, blah, blah. And IRS, they're not even American and blah, blah, blah. You know, I've heard it all. I, I hear you. But the Bible teaches us to submit to, uh, our governments, right? Even though they're wacky. Uh, Romans chapter 13, go to verse 1. It says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. Right? This is about the time you close your Bible and you're like, Oh, that's all. I can't take this. Right? For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority... Resist the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, 
and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Um, that reminds me of... Uh, this one night I'm driving, right? It's 12 o'clock at night. I'm driving with my buddy. I'm in my little sports car. And then all of a sudden, there's like a beam of light. And we just got done seeing those alien shows. So we were like, what is this? <laughs> and then we could hear, pull over. And all of a sudden, all kinds of cops came. And it was a helicopter with the light on us. And we were like, whoa, what's going on? His heart's going crazy, right? And they're like, get your hands out of the windows. And we're like, whoa. <laughs> what's going on and they came over and they just looked at us like what and they're like uh driver's license you got your identification and there i was like yeah here you go and they were looking for somebody that night who fit the same description like the same car in the same neighborhood and but i looked at my friend and he was like terrified you know i i wasn't too terrified because i didn't do anything wrong i was like what what is it here <laughs> you know what's going on how can i help you guys but um, if I was doing something wrong, I would have been terrified. I probably would have went running. No, just joking. I wouldn't run. No, it's, <laughs> it would have been crazy. But um, just joking. Look at look at Romans chapter thirteen. Look at verse five. Uh, it says, "Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For because this, you also pay taxes. Oh, for they are God's ministers attending." Con, uh, attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, t- to all their due. I know, I went slow there. Taxes to whom uh, taxes are due. Customs to whom customs. Fear to whom fear and honor to whom honor. Friends, we are to submit to the authorities. Amen. I don't hear anybody there. You guys aren't happy at all about that. Uh, you guys can read more in Titus chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Uh, but we don't have time to go over that subject forever, obviously. Uh, but I encourage you guys, hey, uh, all the more knowing that, right? Pray for our president. Pray for our government, our, our authorities. Because we do need to submit to our government authorities, right? And, and the decisions that they make and where they're going. And I think there is a lack of prayer going on. And we need to pick that up a notch, right? Um, so back to First Peter, First Peter chapter two. Um, I've learned four things about submitting to the authorities over us. Four things that I've learned here in chapter two, uh, in verses thirteen through seventeen. Uh, number one, it's for the sake of the Lord. Verses thirteen and fourteen. It's for the sake of the Lord. Notice in verse thirteen. Again, therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the, as the, the king as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. So submit, there's our, uh, uh, what is it? Hupatasso, right, is the, the Greek word in there. It's used 40 times in the New Testament, and it's a compound word, right? Hupo meaning uh, under, tasso meaning to set or to arrange, and, and it's a military term. It means to be set or arranged uh, by somebody else, by, by someone in authority above you, basically. So those of you guys who are in the military or been in the military, uh, you know, you... 
you're under someone, right? And you don't question their authority. You don't answer back to them. Um, you just do as you're told. That's basically what it is. So in this instance, we are to come under our authorities, right? We're to submit to our authorities. And, and for the sake of the Lord, that carries the idea of bringing glory onto the Lord. And remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. He said, therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, right? Do all to the glory of God. Do it all to the glory of God. Everything we do, wherever we are, we are to bring glory to the Lord. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. You guys know this, right? Uh, and whatever you do, do it heartily unto the Lord, right? And, and not to men, and that's a verse we got to work at if, if we haven't worked at it, right? It's a blessing when you do. But it's all about doing it onto the Lord for the sake of the Lord is the idea here. And, and why do we do what we do? Well, hopefully we're doing it to the glorify the Lord, right? And the reason why you do what you do. So if you're doing it for man, um, you're going to be sorry. <laughs> you're going to be hurt and heartbroken and you're going to be crushed. And I think we've all been there before. But everything we do, like submitting to the authorities, is to the Lord. It's on to the Lord. And, and you just have to trust in the Lord that he knows what he's doing with the rulers, right? That he's in complete control over the rulers. And so... Second thing that I learned about submitting to the authorities is that it involves the will of the Lord. The will of the Lord, notice in verse 15, it says, For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. So we, we are to submit to those in authority uh, because it's the will of the Lord. Very interesting. Do you guys desire God's will? I think we do, right? Uh, and th- this is a huge issue, by the way, God's will, because we understand his will specifically right here uh, in First Peter chapter 2 uh, about submitting to authority, and we can understand, okay, that's God's will. Uh, in First in Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, uh, we also know, know that abstaining from sexual immorality is God's will as well. And in First uh, Peter 4, 2, not living after the flesh is God's will as well. And so uh, there's several very specific areas in the Bible um, for you and I and, and how we can know for sure, you know, God's will for our lives specifically. But um, what about God's general will? You know, can I, can I go, you know, for my life personally, can I, can I buy this house? Should I buy that car? Should I be with that person? Should I do this? Should I do that? You know, should I choose A? Should I choose B? What, what should I do? You know, what's, what's God's general will there? And I think God's general will for our lives really involves two things. And you guys hear this verse from me every teaching and I love it. It's one of my favorite chapters. Uh, but, I think, number one, it involves our body. Number two, it involves our our mind. According to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, and there it is, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed 
by the renewing of your mind. And there it is, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect. Here's the last part. Do you guys hear that? Will of God for your life, basically. There it is. And so when we're living for the Lord and when we're thinking about the Lord, then we will be directed by the Lord in his will, right? And what he wants us to do. And I think the Lord, um, I think the Lord is more concerned over, uh, the reason why we do what we do and the choices that we make and why we make it, uh, rather than the outward action, if you will, of, you know, what you actually do. So you can do something from your, your pure heart, right? A pure conscience sake. And, and it's, you, you know, simply glorify God. But it, you might have, you know, in that decision, you might have just ruined your entire life. You might have given away everything. And, and, but I think even then, God uses it uh, for his own plan and his own purposes. And I think he'll bring it around and for his own good. And he'll glorify himself through that, even though you messed it all up in a sense, right? But yet you did it from a pure heart and a good heart. So, um, so I guess you can say he'll orchestrate it, you know, to, to his own will there. But the third thing that we learn about submitting to authority, not only did it involve the, for the sake of the Lord, and the will of the Lord, but now it involves being a servant of the Lord. Being a servant of the Lord. Look at verse 16. It says, as free yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. And so apparently there's a danger for us as believers as it pertains to our liberty, our freedom uh, we have in Christ. The danger in the context, obviously, here is in not submitting to the authorities that are over us, right? And so you may think, well, you know, I have freedom in Christ. I could do whatever I want. I have liberty here as a believer, right? And so I'm not going to submit to the government, right? The authorities above me, because that's my freedom, right? Now, you're using your liberty as a cloak for vice is what it's saying right here, right? As a, as a covering for wickedness is what the word says. So which is not submitting to authorities. And why should we, right? Because, well, we're servants of God. That's why we should be submitting to the authorities. And understand a servant is to be an absolute submission onto the Lord, right? We understand that God has ordained, uh, Every aspect of the authorities that are over us. And since we're willing to submit to Jesus Christ, we also need to be willing to submit to our governing authorities above us. So uh, also submit, I would say submit all the time, right? Submit all the time. Uh, unless, unless, and hear me there, right? Unless the laws of man are in direct opposition to God's laws, right? And, and that's where I draw the line in the sand, right? That's, that's the final line right there. And, and when the government tells me, you know, to renounce my faith in Jesus Christ, I'll say, uh-uh, right? <laughs> Here's my head, right? Do what you will, but I'm not gonna renounce my faith. Uh-uh. That's true faith, by the way. If your faith is one that doesn't change your behavior and your conduct, I would say it's a false faith. But if you have a faith that's in Christ that uh, really will shake you up and change you and change your behavior and change the way you live, then I think that's a healthy faith. I think there's only one faith, really, and that's in Christ Jesus. But remember when Peter and um, 
Peter and John, uh, they were proclaiming the gospel in Acts chapter 4, and, and it was, uh, they were thrown in prison, right, by the, the religious leaders, and then they were, uh, the Sanhedrin took them into the, the council, and then they, they brought them before the council there, and then they commanded them not to teach in the name of Jesus Christ anymore, right? Don't give the gospel anymore. Go live your life, but just shh. Right? With that Jesus, right? Stop it. Right? That's, that's what they're telling them. And then Peter and John, they're like, seriously? Okay, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, you judge whether it's right, right? To listen to you or should we listen to God? And then they just walked out like a boss, right? Like, yeah, get out of here. And they were like, oh, yeah, sorry. But, so I think there's a line for sure, right? Obviously, that's the religious leaders. But there's a line for sure when the government says anything in contradiction to what the word of God says. That's when we use the Second Amendment. Amen? And and uh, we take a stand. So the fourth and final thing, I believe, in submitting to authorities involves the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Look at verse 17. It says, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. How can we honor all people, which includes the king, by the way? Um, how can we love the brotherhood? Uh, well, once we have this reverential fear, this awe standing before the Lord, where you're just... You're, you're, it's, I still can't get the description of that word completely. I keep reading the scripture and I know that there's there's way more than just that reverential fear, right? There's way more than just being in awe. It's just, it's just hard for me to uh, explain it there. And uh, so anyways, but that God, right, that we, that the God that uh, is in charge of everything, right, the institutions, these government agencies, once we have this fear of God, it just, it changes everything. Now, you're gonna wanna submit to them, right? You're gonna respect all. You're gonna respect the brotherhood, the king, no matter who's in office, by the way, right? There's a lot of people that are like, oh, you're gonna, no, mm-mm, but it's what the word says, right? When God comes into your life and you have true faith, it's gonna change things up. It's gonna mix your heart up now. And, uh, and I don't mean praying like David, right? Gnash his teeth, right? <laughs> Make his babies and his babies' babies. Oh, just cross them all, right? I'm not saying pray like that, but you're going to pray from a, a heart, right? From the Lord. And, and the Holy Spirit's going to, uh, you're going to feel that brokenness for them. But you're also going to pray for power and strength from the Holy Spirit. And, and it's going to be different, right? From, from your worldly self. Um, but let's come to the third and final section here. We are to submit to the spirit in verses 11 and 12. We are and submit to the authorities in verses 13 to 17. And now number three and finally, and we'll end with this, we're to submit to masters in verses 18 to 25. And, and during this period of time, there was many servants. And so this would have spoke volumes to them uh, when they heard this part right here, right? So this would have a huge impact, I guess you can say. And today we would say... Uh, an employee, right, is to be in total submission to his employer. And and it's like, you know, we're the slave, in a sense, right, to the employer. Do you guys know what I'm talking about, about slave? <laughs> some of you might, and some of you might not. But uh, submitting to the master is really seen in light of four things in verses 18 to 25. And number one, it's seen in light of our treatment. In light of our treatment, notice in verse 18, it says, Servants... Be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. 
And no matter how we are treated, we are to be in subjection to our master, right? And listen, no matter how your employer treats you, you are to be, whether it's good or harsh, right? It's what it just said right here. We ought to be in complete subjection to them. And, and it's easy to serve a nice employer, right? Who, who loves you and gives you your days off and maybe pays you your wages that you earned, you know, or whatever it is. Uh, maybe they're flexible with your schedule all the time. Uh, it's easy to do that. But what about the employer who's harsh? Right, who's hard to work for, and 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 they're demanding. They're wanting to extend your hours. Maybe they're wanting to keep you after, or whatever it may be. But the Bible says even to submit to them. But you're like, it's not fair. I'm a Christian and I love the Lord, and they they're wrong, and I'm not going to submit to them. I have liberty, right? No, they're wrong. <laughs> That's not the way it should be. Submitting to the master is seen not only in our treatment. But secondly, in our conscience uh, as well, conscious. Uh, verse 19, notice it says, For this is commendable, uh, if because of conscience, there's our word, toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. And so, you see, when we submit to our boss, even if he's harsh or hard, and, and we're suffering wrongfully, uh, it's commendable because God, it, it, we, he, we are uh, conscious before the Lord, right? We're aware of God's presence before us because we fear God. We're in awe of the Lord in what we do, and we know God uh, is being, his will is being done, even though your boss is being harsh, even though he's a, a tough, you know, boss to be for, uh, therefore we're to submit to him. Right, so number three, it also involves our patience. Notice in verse 20, it says, For what credit is it if, when you are beaten for your own faults, you take it patiently? Now, if you, you know, you're, you're at work and your boss is getting harsh with you for something that you deserve, then obviously, duh, right, you should get what's coming to you, basically. And, and if you take it patiently, uh, under this harsh boss, because you, well, you deserve it, then so what? You deserve it, right? They, they, uh, there's no, there's no, uh, remorse there. Look at the end of verse 20 here. But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. So, uh, taking it patiently before the Lord is commendable before God because God's watching. And remember, there's gonna be a, a book written about your every work and your every word. But I believe that it goes further. I, I believe your motive behind everything that you did is going to be written down, right? The volume of why you did what you did is going to be what matters. And so you're simply understanding that God will work things out here, right? That's the idea. And you and I should be the first ones on the job, right? You guys, we should be the hardest workers out of everybody working. In fact, we should be the last ones working, right? Not only the first, but the last, amen? I was was thinking some of the the bosses would be like, Amen! (laughs) Yeah, tell them! Yeah, but be be above and beyond, right? That's what we got to do. Be above and beyond in what we do. Because you're not doing it onto man, but you're doing it onto the Lord. And and with all your strength, right? And and you're being patient through it all as well. And and, and, uh, 
Understand pride is going to keep you from that, though. Pride is going to keep you from when they're harsh, you're going to want to fight back. You're going to want to argue. You're going to want to be, you know, seeing the trash on the floor and be like, I'm not going to pick that up. That's my pay rates right here, right? That's when you're looking to the eyes of man and you're doing it onto man. But when you're doing it onto the Lord, you're going to do those hidden things that they'll never know about. They'll never see those things. But you're working for a treasure that's higher than your paycheck, amen? And so so it's it's a really a, a different idea here. Number four, we'll, we'll close with this. Fourth and finally, um, it's our example. Jesus Christ is our example. And it's in verse 21. Notice it says, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Now, look at Jesus, right? He suffered wrongfully, right? He was beaten. He was spit on. He was scourged. He was uh, put on a cross. Um, and all of that for something he didn't even do. He, he was, he was beaten wrongfully. And, and Jesus, surely, obviously, he's our perfect example in this. If you think, oh, me, myself, and I, and I'm gonna talk to myself, and I says to myself, and I, you know, hey, self, and no, right? It's, look to Christ, and notice what they did to him, right? And I wanna give you guys four things about the example of Jesus Christ. Notice, number one, he did not sin. Notice in verse 22, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. So even though he was treated badly, he was nailed to the cross, he still, even then, chose not to sin. And he, he could have called down fire from heaven. He could have called down legions of angels to come to his aid, right? And just destroy. One angel destroyed over, what, 180,000 or something like that? And it, and it just... A legion of angels, right? Imagine the damage that that could have done. Over a thousand of them, just even more, right? And and uh, he, he had the power to do all that, but he didn't. Secondly, he did not revile. Notice in verse 23, he, it says, Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. Ah, I think some of us need to hear that again, right? When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Now, he didn't seek revenge. You see, if you're working for an employer who is harsh, right, a harsh boss, um, you know, look to the example of Christ, right? He didn't sin, or did he revile in return? There was no backbiting, there was no, right, those words that you might slip out of your mouth when you're walking out of the office, or right? None of that stuff. He's our example. Luke chapter 23, verse 34 says, Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Man, even though... He could have said anything else. It was forgiveness that came out of his mouth. I, I forgive them. What is that? Right? So Jesus obviously is our true example here in how our hearts should be. And are we praying for their forgiveness? Are we praying for their salvation? Are we using what God's given us in our daily lives? You know, I, I see there's certain people that come to church and they're like, how can I pray for you, brother? And they speak the Christianese, right? And they're all this Christianese and they're like, brother, 
for God so loved the world, brother. And, and brother, let me tell you, right? And, and then when they go to work, they're, they're a whole nother person. And you're like, hey, who are you? You know, like what happened? And they don't apply what, what they learn at church. Imagine applying what you're learning at church every day, right? Or when you're getting in the word. And, and this is one thing that you'll be blessed and rewarded and glorifying God in if you choose to. Um, let's come to the third thing here. He committed himself to God. Notice in verse 23, he committed uh, himself uh, to him who judges righteously. So the point is simple. No matter, no matter how you're treated, uh, commit yourself to God, right? Because God will judge you righteously. And God knows the truth. He knows you're guilty. He sees all things. He knows the heart of man. And therefore, commit your ways to the Lord and trust in the Lord, even though you don't understand. And God's going to work it all out for his own glory. He's going to work it out for his own plan. He knows what's going on. And in fact, he's even allowing it to happen. Right? Sometimes I look at God, I know you're allowing this to happen, Lord. Come on. Give me some grace here, you know? Just help me out a little bit. I know the Lord's doing it, but it, sometimes he's allowing stuff to happen for your own sake, to kind of chip away at the old man, if you know what I'm talking about, right? And he wants to work in you a work that is just surpassing understanding. You don't even, you can't even fathom the work that God's going to do in your life, and it is doing in your life. It's so cool. But anyways, um, so commit yourself to the Lord and, and understand that he's working it all out for his own good. Fourth and finally, he did it for others. He did it for others. Uh, look at verses 24 and 25. It says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on, on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. So quoting from Isaiah 53, 5 and 6 here. Uh, for you are like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So why did he suffer wrongfully? Why did he allow himself to be persecuted wrongfully? Well, he did it all for others. He did it for others. That's what a true servant of the Lord is. A servant of the Lord is not caught up in himself and what his own cares of the world. He gives it to the Lord and trusts in the Lord that God's got his back. He's the Elohim, right? He he provides. He knows what he's doing. And yet, a servant of the Lord keeps his focus on the Lord and on others, right? Those are two great commandments, by the way. And and we're to love those uh, as well. Not only love the Lord, but love others. So, um but why did he do all this? He did it for others, and we were we were like sheep going astray as well, you know. So picture that. Understand that when he came, we we came to Christ, right? We we understand obviously that God is in complete control. That he's he's uh, he's he knows what he's doing in this world, right? He knows what he's doing with our government. He knows what he's doing with all the governments of the world, right? So there's no reason to watch the TV and be like, oh and panic attack none of that silliness right god knows what he's doing thus we need to submit to him because he says and that's easy for us right you're like well sign me up i could submit to the lord well if here's one thing that he wants you to submit to it's to uh submit to authorities as well you want to glorify the lord you want to you want to give a gift 
onto the Lord that, that God would see and God would be cherishing the moment. You want to, you know, the, the wise men gave gold and frankincense and myrrh, you know, to the Lord. Here's something that you can offer to the Lord in your daily practical life. You know, when things get tough with your boss or whoever it may be and submitting to the authorities, right, and the cop pulls you over or whatever it may be, um, do it heartily unto the Lord. Use opportunities like that to glorify God in. And when you choose to do that and you put on that different mindset, right, different perspective from your flesh, because it's your flesh. Guys, that's elementary, right? It's Your flesh wants to act out, rah, 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 how dare you? I don't deserve this, blah, 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 right? But you're, you're, when, you, when you put on the, the, the armor of God, right? Put on the Lord Jesus. Every day when you die to yourself and you choose, Lord, I'm going to pick up my cross and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to bleed again for that employer, right? I bled and I'll bleed again and I'll keep bleeding until you're glorified and your will is done in, in his life and in my life. But I want to get out of the way, right? And I don't want to be the person in the way anymore. I don't want to be a stumbling block. I want to be used by you mightily. And so here I am. That's a surrendered heart. God is going to bless and God's going to do a movement with, right? And it may not be a physical movement, but it, he's going to do a work that is, is just, it's amazing. And it's those hidden things too that you may not even see God doing in your life. But then again, you don't need to see. Amen? I think, you know, when we're done and over, uh, we're going to look back, or if we do even look back, right? We're going to look back and you're going to see the, 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 just the perfect thing that God was doing in this world and how it all fit perfectly. And then Satan's jaw is going to fall and be like, what? You used me? <laughs> no, I let you do what you wanted, but I'm God, duh, right? And so it fell in, you know, perfectly in line with God's will. Here's a verse I hate. You guys want to know a verse that I hate? Here's a verse that I hate. Um, and, and I think this kind of sums it all up. Uh, but understand, you know what? Why not be cheated? Why not, why not be done, uh, you know, wrongfully in, in a sense where people are accusing you and they're doing all this? Why not? Why not just take it? And that's something that brought comfort to me in the time when I was being accused, uh, over a decade ago, I guess now looking back. But, um, man, people are gonna sheep bite, right? And, and it hurts. But why not just take it? Just take it and give it to the Lord and be like, you know what, Lord, thank you. You were wronged, you suffered, and yet you're even allowing me to share in the sufferings that you've went through. That's an honor. That's, that's wow, Lord. I'm going to choose to glorify you in this with the right heart and the right motive, right? And the right mindset. I'm going to glorify you with my body and my mind, Romans chapter 12. And so pride is going to hold you back from doing that, obviously. Pride is going to say, oh, not me, myself, and I, right? And, and I, 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 right? Isaiah 14, right? Just like Satan, the I, I, I's. Uh, but there's such freedom, though, when we submit to the Lord. And so I just wanted to encourage you guys, um, keep on pressing in, right? Keep on going because, uh, our day is over and it's, uh, it literally, it's, it's, it's done, right? I think we're there already and the Lord's coming back sooner than you think he's coming back. Some of us are like, oh, maybe in a couple months, maybe next year. Uh, but I think, I think he's coming back very fast. So let's pray and, uh, let's just be aware of our surroundings. Be aware of our opportunities when we get hit with sufferings, you know, and, and, uh, Choose to glorify God in that time. Amen? Amen. Let's pray, guys. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for your word. And uh, I pray that you would continue to 
exhort us, Lord, encourage us uh, to to know you, Father, to walk in the fear of you. I pray that you would teach us that, Lord, that you would refine us in the fire, that you would ruin us, Lord, in our every motive that we have and the things that we want, Lord, that we might not have any wants, that you would be our shepherd, that you would take care of us. Uh, we know, Lord, that you are in complete control and that you know all things. And so I pray uh, for the body here, for the fellowship, Lord, for those listening that uh, God, for those who are, are above us, uh, might be our, the, the spouses, the husbands, the bosses, whoever it may be, um, whoever's in charge, I pray you grant us that grace to submit onto them, Father, uh, that we might glorify you, that we might choose you, and that you might change us, Lord, inwardly, uh, that our outward actions might just be fruitful before you, Lord, that you might receive that aroma and uh, be blessed, Lord. I pray we truly would glorify you and that it wouldn't be mere words, Lord. So do a change within our hearts, uh, we pray. And I pray that you would uh, continue to be just stirring us up, Lord, with that passion for your name, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.